If you're looking for premium quality vitamins and natural supplements, New Roots Herbal has you covered. Proudly Canadian and family owned for 30 years, their dedication to quality and testing truly sets them apart. Every ingredient is ethically sourced and rigorously tested in their ISO accredited lab. So you get exactly what is promised on the label, pure ingredients, free of heavy metals, pesticides, and chemical solvents. Available exclusively at health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit newrootsherbal.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. My co-host Andrea is away today. So many of us have been in our homes with our loved ones, forced togetherness, which our guest Dr. Diana calls it, which is a really great way to uh, put it. Now, my husband and I joke around, I mean, as much as we love our 16-year-old daughter, we think if it was just the two of us, I think it'd be going pretty well. (laughs) It's just like all three of us. And she's always like, mom, 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 and trying to get alone time with my husband and can be tricky, but there's also couples that are finding it difficult to be together and finding new issues where they used to have separate lives a bit with work. And now all of a sudden they're there. So I'm super excited to have the wonderful Dr. Diana Wiley on the show. We're going to be talking about love in the time of Corona. Dr. Diana, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Thank you, Lisa. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I have been a board certified sex therapist and a licensed marriage and family therapist for more than 30 years. And when uh, the pandemic first uh, looked like it was going to be serious, mid-March, along with my husband, Brian, we started writing the book in the time of Corona. And the subtitle is Advice from a Sex Therapist for Couples in Quarantine. So many couples are kind of stuck together. I'm on a mission to help couples make the most of this time. So many couples are just totally stressed out, so anxious, and they're not even thinking about being intimate, which is a shame because there is lots and lots of evidence, many studies that show that having sex is really good for us. It's good for our health, it's good for our immune system. And um, there was, just to give you one kind of dramatic example, it's, it's 10 years old, but in 2010, the prime minister of Brazil, the prime minister of health for Brazil, uh, suggested to Brazilians that they have sex five times a week. Wow. To counteract <laughs> the epidemic of hypertension that was in that country at the time. It's probably way more now. And we we know that a lot of people are suffering uh, health effects from from this um, coronavirus quarantine because of the anxiety and the high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And of course, when we have good sex, um, and my book is about not just intercourse, it's about all, all kinds of other kinds of connections, intimate connections. So when we have that, the cortisol and the adrenaline levels go down and are replaced by oxytocin, the cuddle chemical, and endorphins and all of that. I usually have a pretty high sex drive. If people listen to the show, they know I'm pretty transparent. And I have to say that the COVID, the uh, political stress, everything going on, I feel like it's kind of dampered my 
not only my sex drive, but kind of my mood. And I think that that's the trap, right? You don't want to get so bogged down. And if you stop having sex, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm just feeling kind of blue. I don't really want to. And then that keeps becoming, then you're getting, you're actually making yourself more sad by not, right? And so it gets into this vicious circle. Yeah, it becomes a, um, a pattern. And, and couples are also stuck because instead of having a conversation about being sexual, maybe again, you know, they may have just, it may have fallen off their whole life experience to, to, and now you have a 16 year old daughter and having a teenage, having teenagers can be a little easier than having little ones. Yeah. You'd think (laughs) she's an anomaly. Let's put it that way. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But it's, it can be a challenge for people with small children to, to make time for, you know, back in the early nineties, I was twice on the Joan Rivers show. Yeah. And, um, the first time was with my then husband, um, and the, and with two other couples and the subject was what it's like to be married to a sex therapist. And, um, Joan Rivers asked, well, uh, how do you, how do you manage this? At the time, my son and daughter were much smaller and um, younger. And I said, well, you know, we, we plan an intimacy island getaway at least every three months. Now, you can't do that now, but not safely, usually. But uh, I said, you know, we, we need to remind ourselves that we are Mr. and Mrs., not just mom and dad. And we need some time alone. And I shared that on national television and the producer felt it was very brave. Uh, And so they asked me back three months later to be a surprise guest when Joan Rivers had Howard Stern on. Oh, I love Howard. (laughs) I do too. I mean, you know, this was 1992. I got feedback from um, the producers that I handled him well. Anyway, uh, I, I really have been a believer in getting the word out uh, through media. And I, I, you're doing it so well with your show. Thank I have you. a show on uh, Progressive Radio Network called Love, Lust, and Laughter that I hosted for 10 years. And I'm doing a show later today on differentiation. Yes, and with a, with a wonderful colleague and also a PhD doctor. Um, Anyway, about me, besides media and my being passionate about media and getting the good at getting out good, solid information about intimacy and relationships. And so the kind of information that I write about in Love in the Time of Corona is, is timeless. It's also a timely book, of course, because we're all going through this now. Um, But one of the chapters is, um, one of the first chapters is plan your date night at home. And couples need to slow down, be intentional about having sex and planning the date night at home. Maybe you get good takeout food and you send your children away. (laughs) 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 Uh, or it, anyway, it's, it may, it's more difficult to plan with children, obviously, but, 
but the planning your date night at home can be so useful. And actually, it's a myth to think that uh, sex needs to be spontaneous for it to be good. It's just simply not true. I agree. Yeah. And so because good sex is intentional and, and you can plan it out. Yeah. And I think that's something that people need to realize because they make this joke of like, oh, God, well, we have to schedule it. Then it doesn't mean it's very good. Doesn't know. It just means that life is busy and it needs to be a priority. I, you know, I schedule my exercise. I do Pilates twice a week. I lift weights twice a week. I walk my dogs every day. It's a, it's in my calendar. It's what has to happen for me yeah. to feel good and for my dogs not to go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with sex. So uh, luckily, we're back on the wagon. I mean, I was kind of getting like, oh, my gosh, what happened to me? And, and I need to deal with the stress of everything going on, but also continue to have a healthy relationship. My husband and I just celebrated our 20 year anniversary in September. And we've been, thank you. We've been together 22 years and we have a great relationship. You know, um, it, it can be stressful at times, but what do you say to people who, the couples who are just nitpicking at each other because they're frustrated with the situation and it kind of turns them off to sex. What advice do you have? Well, I have this advice. Um, you need to plan to talk about this. And I would say schedule no more than 15 minutes. You don't want to go on and on and on and on. Uh, people that have an agenda about a discussion and stick to the topic are much likely, much more likely to get resolution. So, and you really, so you need to present the topic and uh, and it could be I'm concerned we haven't been intimate we haven't really been close and here we are so anxious and having sex would be good for us we need to plan it and get back into it and be sure and actively listen to your partner and his or her concerns and so it can start with that you know I talk about two syndromes that have always been in place for the 30 plus years I've been doing this work. And that's the DINS syndrome, which is double or dual income, no sex, even before the pandemic, as I said. And the other is TTFS, which is too tired for sex. And many people are too tired, but of course, sex can be energizing if just get into it. So besides planning your date night at home and talking about putting it on the calendar, it's the most likely way to have it happen, to put it on the calendar. And if one person is a low desire, the low desire partner, oftentimes that's the woman, but not always. Um, It can, but let's stay with a woman for a minute. It can help her because if she's low desire, and 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 just overwhelmed with everything she's between the house and the kids and everything and a job she can anticipate this night that they're going to have together she can look forward to it and and she can even be affectionate you know the problem with mismatched desire is that some people just stop being affectionate and demonstrative they feel like Oh, it might be, he might um, think that this is an invitation to go and have sex. So I'm not going to even be affectionate. And that is really too bad. We need touch. We need touch so much. And touch is literally 
the healing powers of touch are literally at your fingertips. Don't we all have better sex when we have a massage before? before oh, that'd, that'd be lovely. <laughs> yes. So uh, one of one of the chapters in my book is about touch and healing touch. And I have couples take turns. Um, at first, there's a, it's full body caressing. And at first, the first couple of times they do this, I suggest that they do not have intercourse. Uh, that that they focus on face, hands, and feet the first time. These well, the 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 term for this that was um, Masters and Johnson. I'm sure you know the, yes. the, the uh, sex uh, researchers of the late 50s and 60s. They found out that too many people were just focusing on the genitals, and they felt that. You know, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, we have all these potential erotic areas. And some people get stuck between the legs. So let's think about other possible zones. I have a 95-year-old longtime friend, a very erudite man with a very famous mother. We won't say names here. Um, but so I sent him my book. And he, he's been with his partner the last uh, 10 years, and they're still sexually active. He said, what a treasure your book is. He said, I wished I'd had it when I was 18 years old. What a difference it would have made. He said, I always thought that I had to have my genitals stimulated in order to feel sexual arousal. You know, this is a 95-year-old man who's healthy. That's the, that's the key. Right physically healthy, emotionally healthy. He said that he and his partner followed the instructions in my book, did the exercise properly and, and in a satisfying way. And he said he could hardly wait for stage two, which expands the touch. And he's had, he and his partner have had great success just following those guidelines. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and it has uh, re-energized, re-eroticized their sex life. Now, his partner is about 15 years his junior, but still, they're definitely seniors. I'm in my 70s. My my husband is in his 70s. We definitely practice what I preach. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, I, I when I read that, I thought, oh, I got to try that. I really like that. I'm really self-conscious about my feet. I always say I have like Fred Flintstone feet, like they're flat and I've got bunions. I told you I'm way too transparent. Now people are like, oh, God, don't make your husband touch your feet. Um, but uh, no, but for me, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll make sure they're clean and manicured and all well, that good stuff. Sure. And, <laughs> and, you know, you're talking about in part about body image. Yes, which is tough as a woman it, in our culture. It's really tough. It's really tough for women in, in our culture. Uh, you know, most men are just so grateful to have their partner there naked with them. So grateful. And, and, they, and usually within the first minute, all of the things that the woman was concerned about, the man isn't even thinking about. He's not even thinking about. He's enjoying the sensuality, the sexuality of the encounter. Um, if a woman feels good about her body, the man is likely to feel good about, about her body too. And might even, other studies show that men want a woman 
who's probably five pounds more than she thinks. I'm now talking more about single women who are out there and not an established relationship. But um, he, a lot of men really prefer a woman who's a little curvy. I'm curvy. Yeah. So when did you know that this was the kind of work you wanted to get into? I mean, you've been doing it for such a long time. Yes. Well, I got my master's first before the PhD. And my master's was in marriage family therapy. And um, and I was then living, I'm now in Seattle. I was then in, in Palo Alto, California. And um, uh, California requires 3,000 hours before you go and sit in Sacramento for an exam. In those days, it was a written exam and then an oral exam. And uh, one of my internships was at the VA in Menlo Park. And um, I was in a substance abuse um, ward inpatient. And, uh, and in those days, we even still had some Vietnam vets. And many of them, they asked me to talk to, this, uh, to them as a group. And there were maybe 50 in this particular uh, part of the VA clinic hospital. And um, I discovered that I was very comfortable talking about sexuality. And of course, I did my homework for it. And, uh, and then there was nice interaction with the guys. Some of them had never had sex sober either not either not on alcohol or other drugs and a lot of them really as a lot of people they needed sex education many times in doing therapy i have to do sex ed before i do or even psychotherapy because they're so angry with each other before i can do sex therapy when people have more and i have a chapter in my book about learning more about sex. You know, uh, a small study was done of um, sex therapists years ago. And, uh, and the question was, do sex therapists have better sex than the rest of us? Well, in this small study, it turns out we do. And that's because we have more knowledge and we have less anxiety because we have more knowledge about sex. I mean, I have a library filled with sex books, uh, books about sexuality. And um, so it's just, it helps to, to know more about sex and to know that, to, to know things like these full body caressing exercises that can help relax you and be more comfortable with your body. Yes. Um, yes. So, so, um, there's so many aspects to to being a sex therapist that I really like. Um, and it's so deeply satisfying. You know, lots of people my age have retired and I, God willing, I keep my marbles. I have no, plan, <laughs> I have no plans to retire. It is so deeply satisfying to do this work and to help couples get back on track. Oh, well, you look stunning. And I would never have thought you were in your 70s. So you have that and the energy and the passion is so, so uh, apparent. You know, it's actually funny. I have to send you my book. I wrote a book oh, uh, that came out with Skyhorse Publishing in 2019 yeah. called Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. 
Now, oh, yeah, I'd love to get that. Book. Oh, it's really good. Here's the thing that's so frustrating. I grew up in a, this isn't the part. So I grew up in a family that they love wordplay. So to me, clean, dirty, but people took it literally. They didn't get that it was a pun. And so I had a lot of pushback on the book from people like they wouldn't interview me. I'm like, look, this book is about the foods that are best for your sexual health, the fitness that's best for your sexual health, how to talk to your partner. Uh, there's interviews. I wish I had had you in the book. Uh, I've interviewed over 50 functional medicine doctors, sex therapists, psychologists, nutritionists. It's real. It's like, it's amazing. And even if you're not, even if you're celibate, the book can just help you get on a better lifestyle and healthy lifestyle. And I was just so shocked that people were so offended by the word dirty that some of them wouldn't even read the press release. They wouldn't even like hear about what it was about. And I'm just curious if you've gotten pushback. I guess there's something about the word dirty, but again, it was a play on words in your career where people are like, oh, you can't mention that. You can't talk about sex. Oh, you can't say the word orgasm. God forbid masturbation. You know, have you had to encounter that? Some of the interviews I've done prior to yours, I, I really appreciate your openness, Lisa. But um, uh, my PR guy, and we both know him, put me on some evangelical Christian, and that was not a good fit. He told me ahead of time not to be explicit at all, and I can do that. Uh, I can I can do the um, the proper version, but it's very hard to talk about sex and not be explicit. And one one of the things that I think that couples appreciate, new couples seeing me appreciate, is that I have a language for talking about sex. And I was very lucky. I grew up in a family, so I got the facts of life discussion from my parents in a, on a car trip. My sister and, and I were sitting in the back seat and uh, this long car trip all the way from Santa Barbara back to Los Angeles where we lived. Um, my father and mother told us the facts of life. And that was very unusual in the 50s. And, oh, yeah. Um, I was fascinated, but also embarrassed at the time. Who knew I'd become a sex therapist? But I got good information early on, and I got to grow up with parents that didn't uh, bring any shame or guilt to sex. It was very unusual. My parents, I had secure attachment, which is also a wonderful thing. Many, many therapists don't. So they're not as well balanced. Sometimes they'll take abnormal psych in undergraduate school to find out, well, that's how, how come I'm so messed up? I avoided the word, the F word, but yes, <laughs> uh, but, but that's it. And, and I, um, I didn't have to, I didn't have to do that because I had secure attachment. Oh, that's great. Well, how old were you when they get, when they gave you the talk? I'm just curious. Um, 10. See, I think that's great. Some parents get so bent. I started, I mean, I used to be a sex educator and I'd go into the schools oh, really? and I, yeah, I have a master's in public health and so in, in health education. So I would go and, you know, I've been a health educator in a lot of different realms, but I really enjoyed working with teens. Yeah. And I thought it was so important. Yeah. You can talk about abstinence. We have to be realistic. Absolutely. You have to talk about preventing, excuse me, preventing STDs and pregnancy. You just have to. You have it's, to. And, yes. and we have a ballot on the uh, in Washington State where I live on sex ed, and uh, I'm certainly going to 
we have some versions of it in the schools now in Washington State, but <clears throat> we need more. Uh, you know, California now finally has consent as part of sex ed. I, I'm all for having like they do in the Netherlands and they do in Sweden, talking about pleasure. Yes. Giving your partner pleasure. Uh, and that's pretty much absent from sex ed. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and we need that. And, and of course, it's so tragic that so many kids, especially boys, are getting their sex ed from pornography. Oh, it's terrible. It and is we're, terrible. And we're watching it starting at 11 or even younger. And we, you know, I mean, pornography has its place for adults, but we got to remember it's entertainment. It's certainly not educational. Well, that's why we need to talk to our kids. Yes, we need to have a conversation. But so many people are so uptight about it that they feel like, oh, I can't talk about it. But they don't understand the damage that that's occurring if the kids, if their kids are watching porn and they're not really getting that's not real. That's not what sex is. That's not really how it works. And you need to know these things. So that's why I so admire the work that you do. I want to jump back into. I apologize. Oh, I want to let you know, I have a knee injury. So I have a dog walker coming. My one of my dogs and I'll edit this out. Obviously, if if you're talking and my dog barks, it won't get picked up. So you don't have to stop. If I'm talking and my dog barks, well, she should be here. But my lab will not leave my side. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to. He's very sweet. I'm trying to get him to go upstairs, but he'll hear her and then he'll bark. So I just wanted to to let you know. Um this was something I found so interesting. You talk about how sex can improve a couple's communication skills. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Um, well, people that are differentiated, and a lot of times it takes years to have that happen, one whole person and another whole person sometimes can make for th one and one is three. You're more. <laughs> You're more than two. Right. It's differentiated. You know how to be uh, a separate person, and yet you, when you're merged with your partner, you are together. So it's about balancing the separateness and the togetherness in part. Um, but having a discussion about sex and what you want and need and a, a, a woman who is an old, a more mature woman often doesn't have to apologize for her eroticism. She's okay with it. She's comfortable with it. It is essential for couples to say what they want and need. Otherwise, it's like going on a treasure hunt without any clues. What you want and need. So that can improve a sexual. Uh, and, and then... You know, in the Tantra, with communication like that, in the Tantra tradition, um, the woman, her role is to be the goddess and the man's role is to, to, to be there for her and to bring her pleasure. My husband says, and I love this, and he practices it, worship your goddess. Oh, I'm sorry, worship, I've got to get this right, worship your woman and the goddess will reward you. Ooh. 
And I, like that. I, I reward my husband a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Mode. And it's just, it's so wonderful. You complimented me on looking good. And I thank you for that, Lisa. You know, remaining sexual is really my best cosmetic. It's so good for my skin. I mean, I'm also on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it really helps. But it's also, you know, all of these sex hormones help, help with the skin and with your health and your immune system. And Yeah, it's really true. Well, is there anything that you want to add? I've so enjoyed our discussion. I mean, we've covered some great uh, issues, but is there anything that we didn't touch on? Because I I love chatting with you. So we're not in a rush. (laughs) Did you, did you get my book? Yes. Good, good. Yeah, it's really uh, so, good. Uh, so you know that it's it, the book is laid out in uh, chapters that are the guidelines in sort of a a, a way that is um, like get to know your partner better. First chapter, plan date night at home. I've uh, be mindful about sex is the third chapter. Being in the moment, it's essential. It's essential for good sex. Women sometimes have a lot of trouble with that. You're much more likely. To reach orgasm, for example, or many orgasms. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, if you're staying in the moment and you're not wandering off and thinking about something else, do I really want to be here? It's one of the problems. But but paying attention during sex and being kind kind to your partner. Using touch to relieve stress is chapter four. Revitalizing your senses. Um, maintaining a sensory, this book is about being sensual too, not just sex. Yeah, I love that. And um, laugh and play together. That's huge. That's huge. You know, Lisa, we could do a whole show on that. Yes. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, my mother always said, you have to marry someone that makes you laugh. Absolutely. And my husband cracks me up and I crack him up. Yes. I think you said, I did listen to your interview with Phil Donahue and and, oh, uh, yeah. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a dream come true. Holy cow. I love yeah. them. And I think you said that to them because they make each other laugh. I laugh all the time with my husband. It's, it's important. It's just essential. And then chapter seven is try something new. The benefits of novelty. You get dopamine. It, it, it stimulates arousal. We get a lot of it in new relationships. And that's why we can't keep each other, keep our hands off each other, you know, in, in, in new relationships. And uh, so you want to try something new to novelty stimulates the dopamine expression. So we want we want that. And then um, express gratitude. Mm, that's so important in so many ways. In so, so many ways. Um, I have a sweet nothings exercise in in the book that I use with my couples quite a lot, where you take turns saying, this is what I really, I love and appreciate this about you. I I can remember one time, they each get about two minutes to say that, and they don't speak in between, and then we process it afterwards. I've had at least two men cry when they heard these beautiful, loving, kind, appreciative sentiments from from their partner you know so many couples have all this negative constantly they have negative intimacy there's another body another 
person there, but it's negative intimacy. And it, it contributes a lot to the stress and anxiety. And my last chapter is recommit to your relationship. And I do talk about in that chapter about pandemic sex. Brian and I, 10 years together, a little over two years married, we're having pandemic sex, which means we're much more aware of our mortality. I mean, we're oh, in a wow. that's we're more aware of our mortality. You know, you've got to be grateful if you have health and you have a partner and make the most of your quarantine. You may, I put this in the book, you may someday, if all goes well, look back on 2020 and say, this was the year, oh, terrible pandemic, but it was also the year that we renewed and rekindled and revitalized our relationship. And being grateful for what we have, counting our blessings. It's hard to do that when you're experiencing job loss, health, health, health issues, fear of being, of getting COVID. Uh, it's, I mean, Brian and I did a, a getaway at a local lodge. I won't say the name. It was just a beautiful lodge, uh, not too far away. And they had a COVID outbreak. Oh no. And so we did get tested and we had room service and everything. We were really pretty safe and we both are negative, but you know, you look for a safe place and you're, and then you can be disappointed. So you do have to be careful. There's no question, particularly in our vulnerable senior citizen age range. Well, the good news is there's so many things that you can do at home and in your book, you, you have so much great information. I really appreciate it because Again, I think it's so easy to get caught up in all the stress, put sex on the back burner. But once you do, it just keeps going down the list of things that you want to do. And then you kind of forget. And then once you do it again, you're like, oh, my God, that was great. What What's going on? Why did I put it off for so long? Hopefully, that's your experience. Exactly right. And um, I have a therapy website, but I also, oh, have, I also have an advice website. And the advice website is what I'd like to leave you sure. with and the listeners, viewers, and that is DearDrDiana.com. It's actually on the back of the cover of my book. And there are people have written in questions and there are, my answers are there too. But Dear Dr. Diana, either Dr. Diana or spelled out doctor, will get them to, and it talks about the book and, and then the link to Amazon for that if people want to get the book. And it's available in, in print and paperback as well as Kindle. Well, I highly, highly recommend it. This has been so fantastic. Dr. Diana, you'll have to come back. I want to come back on your show. I I, I love how open you are. And Oh, well, thank and, you. And please do send me your book. Oh, I will. And, and you know what? Maybe I can talk you into being on my show, Love, Lust, Laughter. I'm there. Great. Well, I want to thank Dr. Diana. I want to thank everyone for listening to Naturally Savvy. You can find us on social media at Andrea Donsky at Lisa Davis MPH at Naturally Savvy. Thank you so much for listening and have some sex. If you're looking for premium quality vitamins and natural supplements, New Roots Herbal has you covered. Proudly Canadian and family owned for 30 years, their dedication to quality and testing truly sets them apart. Every ingredient is ethically sourced and rigorously tested in their ISO accredited lab. 
So you get exactly what is promised on the label, pure ingredients, free of heavy metals, pesticides, and chemical solvents. Available exclusively at health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit newrootsherbal.com.